Welcome to the Exponential Potential Podcast. Ignite your potential and thrive in times of great change with your hosts, Jennifer Evans and Claire Oatway. Join us and feel uplifted and inspired as we share with you powerful and insightful stories, top tips and tools with our expert guests on an array of topics covering all aspects of life and business designed to ignite your potential and help you thrive in times of great change. Okay. Good morning, morning. Margaret. Got it. Hello and welcome to Exponential Potential, where each uh, episode we explore a different element of personal growth. There is so much happening in the world right now. There's so much change and you know, real positive momentum and not everybody feels a part of it. But you can see you know, everybody should have an opportunity to thrive in this world. And so each episode we're interviewing different guests who are looking at different angles of spirituality or growth or leadership um, and just sharing their wisdom about you know, how, how us humans <laughs> can thrive in this this exponential change environment um, and I am delighted uh, today to be talking with John Rice and we met a couple of years ago uh, it's flown by um, and we both have a, a deep interest in in coaching and, and resilience um, but I'll I'll let I'll let you describe what you do best, John. Hi. Okay. Thanks, Claire. It's a, a lovely introduction. Um, I feel exactly the same as you. The world is really changing now. We've been through pandemic. We're, unfortunately, we're now going through a period of unsettled times in Europe. And I have noticed um, in my coaching that mental resilience, or as I like to call it, mental fitness, is really important for people. Um, I think most people now understand that being physically fit, you know, will enable you to do more. And I'm kind of drawing an analogy there with my clients um, saying that if you're mentally fit, um, I've mentioned before, I don't often use the term mental health because it does have some negative connotations. It shouldn't, but it still does, especially in the workplace. So I think Talking about mental fitness or mental resilience to, um, to, to clients is a really important thing to do. And I help them over at least a six week period to build their mental fitness and resilience. And let's just dive into that a little bit more, you know, kind of what type of exercises do you do? Because when you describe it as fitness, my head automatically goes to kind of physical fitness and yeah. Yeah, and movement. I think again, Claire, it's really interesting to think of the brain as a muscle, and that that brain needs working to increase its muscle power. Now, I I strongly believe we have, you know, all of us have um, our ups and downs, and I think what mental resilience does is is enabling you to come back from the darker thoughts or the unhelpful thoughts that might be stress, it might be anger. to a more balanced view of the world, because how we perceive the world is is how we show up in the world. So if you're showing up and you're not feeling great and you've got lots of things on your mind, you're not gonna perform at your best either at work or at home. So what this program does, it concentrates on finding out initially 
what we call your top saboteurs. Um, it's through um, a program that was devised by uh, Shazad Charmaine, and it's called Positive Intelligence. And he has done a wonderful program for coaches that take coaches through the program. And then we become accredited and then we can take our clients through. So through a six-week program, they would really notice a difference in how their saboteurs are showing up. I mean, if you'd like a couple of examples, um, all of us in the world have the judge as our major saboteur. So we judge ourselves. You know, we're hard on ourselves when things aren't going well. If we judge ourselves, we are whether we have, you know, can help it or not. We also then judge others. Why is that person not working at their best? Um, that's probably a very polite way of <laughs> describing how um, how we judge others. And we judge situations. You know, we say, why am I in this? Why am I having to work such long hours? Why can't, you know, things be better? So we work through six weeks of fairly intense mental fitness um, to enable you to get back to that kind of uh, neutral ground and then work on getting into a more positive state of mind. And it's very simple. I know I say it's easy, but it's a simple process. And can you give us um, can you give some examples of the impact that has had for some of your clients? So yeah, far? absolutely. Um, some of the interesting people I work with are fairly high up in their organisations, and what I have noticed is that there's a certain healthy cynicism about uh, growing your brain as a muscle. Um, what I like to describe it as is if you are going down a well-trodden path um, and that is your reaction to something so if you always react in the same way to something um, you will take the well-trodden path because your brain has built a neural pathway but if you ask somebody to think stop and pause and think whether there's another way before they react that can be really useful and what I've noticed with a um, everybody actually who's come on my program so far, they, there's, a, there's a common theme of people of, um, you know, working as busy executives. So their work-life balance is not often good. Uh, they have back-to-back -back meetings. Um, they, they are probably in a place where they will be micromanaging in some circumstances. And again, this depends on them as a personality. But I've noticed, um, I'll give you an example, a guy I'm working with at the moment, um, he, he didn't feel that he had um, what he would call gravitas or leadership qualities within his organisation. And he was a micromanager. You know, we talked, we discussed it at length, and we came up with new ways and new plans for him um, to, to have a much more inclusive team. And this is what positive intelligence can do for people. If you, and first of all, obviously it seems obvious, Claire, but even recognizing that you have these challenges is a massive step. Once those have been recognized and, and the client acknowledges that, you know, they'd like to change, that is where the beauty of coaching and positive intelligence takes place. So this guy now, after only six weeks, he, he has actually, um, written an inclusive plan for his team. I always encourage uh, leaders to engage with their team to create agreements rather than either side having expectations of each other. So 
Um, you know, agreements are far more powerful and they can be changed as time goes on. But now he has a cohesive project team. Um, he's in charge of a lot of uh, different uh, project managers. And he has seen real results almost immediately with a different approach. Yes, that's fantastic. And the, the way that you describe, you know, this well-trodden path, I, I really can understand it as somebody who um, was a rapid riser within a corporate environment. You feel like you, you develop quite a narrow set of skills and then keep pushing them and pushing them and pushing them and pushing them and pushing them. Um, but don't always um, adapt to a changing environment or, you know, as, as we as we started at the beginning of the call, a changing world. You know, you sort of just, it's a strength that you've been rewarded for over and over again and, and recognised for. And you, you do almost unconsciously um, apply that same approach. Is that something that you find? Absolutely. I, I think, I think you, you know, a lot of people have what they would call perhaps a comfortable management style. Um, but comfortable may not be the way to go. Um, just because it makes you feel okay, it may not make others, uh, you know, and get the best from people. So, you know, we, we work on that throughout the six weeks and beyond if, if necessary. And I think, I think when you, when you begin to really ask people about leadership and what it means to them and offer perhaps an alternative way of looking at leadership, it doesn't always have to be from the front. Um, you could be side by side with somebody. Um, I think great, great leaders um, not only inspire their team, but they also know how to adapt to different members' styles within their team. And it's recognising that there's not a leadership style that fits everybody. Um, and, and that is often, surprisingly, a res a, you know, quite a revelation for, for some of the leaders. Well, I've always done it this way, and I think it works. And, you know, I think we can see increases in um, all kinds of, um, you know, key performance indicators within the team once even one member has been through the um, mental resilience program. It is actually designed for teams, Claire, as well. So, you know, what is really good fun for me is taking a whole team through a six-week program because it's almost, um, you know, getting all the cards out on the table with the team and, you know, they take an assessment, which is very simple and quite fun, but then they can start to discuss, you know, what their saboteur tendencies are. Are they an avoider? Um, are they a people pleaser? Um, are they a controller? And all of these, um, what we might call more negative sides to our, our character, can, can be worked on. And this is, again, Claire, I like you, you brought it up again. This is where we can build new neural pathways. And what I love about the Mental Resilience Programme is that I, I'm, I'm a factual person too. You know, I would probably be cynical if somebody said, oh, we can change the way you think and how you show up in the world in six weeks. But it is possible and it has been shown, um, you know, on MRI scans that areas of the brain actually change in that time. Just phenomenal. And when you um, were discussing some of the saboteurs there around the avoider, um, around the controller, I can see how that uh, wouldn't just be within a within a workplace environment. Many of the examples here we've begun our workplace environments. Does it does the same apply everywhere else? Absolutely. And you know the beauty of it. I'll mention two things, Claire. If you work on your top 
one or two um, saboteur tendencies. And it's important that we differentiate there that people have these tendencies or characteristics. We never say uh, Joe Bloggs is an avoider or he's a controller. He has those tendencies. And, you know, in, in, in some ways, many of those uh, saboteurs can be a positive. It's only when they're taken to the extreme that they become problematic. Um, and, and the other thing I was going to mention, you have to press pause here because I've completely forgotten what I was going to say, but we can edit that bit. Um, I was going to mention as well that um, the, the other thing about positive intelligence is that we are always uh, looking for the gift um, in a situation. So however hard things are or they might seem, um, there is always a way to look at things differently. And I, I love this aspect of it because how we look at the world is, is how we show up in the world. And um, there's a, a wonderful example of um, a story, well, it's not a story, it's a true story of um, a, a young woman who was in one of the German concentration camps during World War II. And she said, at even age 16, she realized that if she was going to survive this, and of course she didn't know ahead what was coming, but if she was going to survive this, she had to think of things differently. And she said from day one, she saw the guards as the prisoners and that she was free. And it was this thing that she told herself every day that got her through. And, and you can see, Claire, that other people would have a completely different view of a concentration camp and, and wouldn't survive. So I, I'm always intrigued by the way people perceive things and, and what coaching can do is help people look at things in a completely different way. Mm. And do you think that's the reason why you do what you do? Um, there's lots of reasons I do what I do, Claire. I mean, I can give you the, um, from my head side, um, you know, the logical side, and that is I suffered quite um, badly from depression in 2017 uh, for various reasons. I've written my story on LinkedIn. If anybody wants to read it, um, it's called Some Things You Don't Know About Me. And what I realised in doing some, I, I won't call it deep inner work at that point, but I realised I needed to change things in my life. And it really was about seeing past situations differently. Um, and that, that's the, the kind of logical reason that I, I got into coaching. The, the more um, heartfelt side is, you said it right at the beginning, there are so many people in the world now, I believe, that, that are craving for a different kind of connection. Um, I like to perhaps describe it as people who are, are wanting to change what they might consider or, or society might consider a default future. A default future might be um, you're an executive, you know, within a consultancy and you pretty much, if you, if you stay for the next 10 years, you know pretty much where you're going to be, you know where the next promotion's coming from, you know what your next job title is likely to be. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But people who want something different from that, that is where I believe coaching can really help. So we look at we look at what you're doing now, what energizes you, what drains you. 
And it could be if you are completely open that the path you're on may not be the path you want to continue walking down. So I think coaching as well is about offering opportunities to people that that's hadn't seen previously. Yeah. And um, when you describe it in that way, uh, it kind of... I remember a book that was written by Vishen Lakhani and that really explored, it really turned the idea of goal setting on its head. Wow. And just a little, you know, we've been doing goal setting for all of this time, but we're getting it completely wrong. You know, we say, my goal is to be, you know, senior executive in marketing. And that's what I want. And actually, we don't spend enough time going, my goal is to be earning wealth that I can holiday three times a year and see different parts of the world and have freedom in terms of the choices that I make and have some authority and be trusted. Uh, and we kind of don't spend enough time really unpacking because we've got quite a narrow focus on, well, it's it's that. Um, and I think sometimes when you explore what the extra benefits are, then you start to see, you know, that there are many more options. Um, yeah. You're yeah. absolutely right. I, lo I love that idea of perhaps, you know, the blinkers or, or the focus lens. Um, that can be really important in, you know, detailed work. But I think we can all be um, carried along by this default path. And, you know, our world for most people, let's face it, is quite narrow. You know, we, 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 we work, we have a circle of friends, uh, we socialise. And it's not really until you can help someone lift those blinkers that they can see, you know, there's 360 uh, degrees that they could look at. And that is is one of the most rewarding things I think that I do. Um, another lady I'm working with at one of the top consultancies, um, an example, she, you know, when I first met her um, for coaching, she told me that she hardly slept on a Sunday night because, and these are her words, she dreaded going into work the next day. She was very senior. Um, she, you know, from, from an outside perspective, she looked very successful, lived in a lovely house, two great kids, but she just wasn't happy. And what we worked through in that was, um, in, in the time I worked with her, was looking at what, what else is there, what else... Could she do what else would she want to do and and she really hadn't even considered those were a possibility you know it's not to say that she would actually follow that path and do some of those things that we talked about but having somebody to talk to who is not invested in you within that company and saying well you know we've spent 18 years getting you to this position why on earth would you want to leave which is pretty much um you know how she felt um we managed to actually create her a role within this consultancy and she has presented that to uh, her directors and they've accepted that and she's going to be doing something that she's passionate about about now that energizes her that is going to benefit so many people within the consultancy and, and she just didn't even see that as, as a possibility when we started working together and it makes sense from a from a business perspective because if you've got somebody who knows you know and trust who knows the business well knows the market well, uh, you want you want to get the maximum um, benefit of that 
knowledge, that wisdom, don't you? Kind of, I was going to yeah. say the benefit of that resource <laughs> um, from from that angle. Um, so, from a from a business sense, why why wouldn't you why wouldn't you find a way to make that happen? But I guess in in some of the bigger organisations, uh, there's there's often this perception that there's more uh, structure, more expectations that you know you should fit into the machine of the the corporate as opposed to there are there are different ways to oh. um there's, there's different ways to help the, the business to thrive as well absolutely and, and what i love about this company is they they have asked me to coach people um within their organization but as a completely independent person so um you know absolutely in-house coaching has its benefits um what they've recognize though is that um, for certain people within an organization it's going to be much more beneficial and more open for them to talk to somebody outside the organization and I think that's a really forward-looking organization you know it, 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 it would be I think it could be quite difficult for somebody to say to uh, a coach within an organization I hate my job I just don't know what to do with myself but you know, an independent um, coach can can really um, ask any question. If the client's willing to answer it, we can go into all kinds of different places. So, you know, I, I'm I'm very hopeful that this person will thrive now within an organisation that they had pretty much given up on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, um, from working in a number of different large organisations through through some complex changes. You know, the other side is that you can see people who aren't happy, who aren't thriving, who have an impact on the broader team. Um, and you can't, in the nicest way, you want to encourage them to find that next loop and just go, yeah. you know, it's, it's not working and it's okay. It's okay to, to move on and to, to grow. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so do you think, you know, we, we we talked about how much the world at large is is changing. Um, do you think kind of this is a is an exciting time? Do you see it's an exciting time, or is it a difficult time when people are starting to um, change and adapt? And yeah, it, it's it's a great question, Claire. And I, you know, I can promise you, if you'd asked me three or four years ago that question, I'd have said, you know, the world's a pretty dark place, and uh, you know. A lot of bad things happening but this is what I I love about coaching and I think if I could describe this uh, one sentence actually comes to mind Claire when you mentioned this subject and that is uh, nobody can make you feel in a way that you do not think it's a fairly simple sentence but I think when you when you ask or people to consider what that means to them um you'll get a lot of different answers i mean i i can give you my take on it and i'll, I'll just repeat the question again nobody can make you feel in a way that you do not think so what this says to me is that um i am my thoughts and those can be positive thoughts they can be negative thoughts and you cannot stop thought um, you know, I, I think maybe, you know, uh, 
a, a Buddhist monk uh, may be able to, you know, almost shut their brain down, but that is not something that's achievable for most of us. But what we can do is we can start to um, explore ways that we, you know, whatever works for us, how we can quieten our mind, mind a bit or a lot. And do you know what? Even clearing your mind for a few seconds allows new thoughts to come. So, you know, it, it's a really interesting um, subject that I I spend quite a lot of time on with my clients. Um, you know, it's it's not something that you would, you know, just brush over for five minutes. But in the time that we've got, I think it's a really it's a really important thing to think about. And you know, if you then if you then move that sentence on to to something else, which would be the length of a feeling is the length of a thought. So if you're thinking good, positive things, um, you're feeling great and you will begin, you'll continue to feel great. But if your perception is um, of the world um, that it's not a really very nice place and that you do have a lot of negative or unhelpful thoughts, that is how you will feel. And, and going back to what you just said, Claire, in, in really big and dynamic workplaces, how one person shows up can greatly affect the rest of the team. I mean, imagine, you know, the, the leader of, of a company not experiencing positive thought. It will definitely impact the whole of the company. Mm. And um, I don't know if you're finding this with your clients, but but certainly, um, you know, I've been I've been talking to a range of people and the world events that are going on combined with the cost of living rises are bringing about this fear underlying fear and anxiety about you know, how am I going to make ends meet and I, I tend to work with smaller businesses where there's much more acute feeling that if you're not earning then you know you, you're not going to be able to pay the bills um and so would you know what advice would would you give to um people in that situation even just a, a kind of a small shift that they can make um that will that will help them to step away from that negativity mm. I, I think i think claire one of the main things that i would say to people is that um dwelling on things that are out of your control is is an easy thing to do and it's probably the default human nature to worry about things I would ask them to to think, um, you know, I've said to you before, you cannot stop thought. But what I would suggest to them is that whatever they might want to try to just um, get a clearer mind or to, to feel calmer, um, that might just be sitting quietly, might be listening to a piece of music. I think when you are struggling with negative thoughts, they can they can become overpowering. And again, this might sound easy, um, and I'm not saying it is, but the idea is simple, that if you let um, your negative thoughts go, even if it's just for a few minutes, more positive thoughts will come. And, you know, on a practical, on a practical level, um, there's a number of really great coaching techniques for people who are um, experiencing uh, difficulties, you know, financially or with their company. Um, there's a, there's a, a really good um, 
it's almost call it a game that you can play where um, it's actually called the yes and game. And it just gets people out of thinking uh, what, you know, what they normally think. And it probably goes back to what we were talking about near the beginning, that it's very easy and, and it's, it doesn't take long for um, negative or unhelpful thinking to become a normal way of thinking. So the yes and game is um, if, you are, if you're wanting to try and solve a problem, uh, within your bits of business is to sit down with some key people and invite a breadth of people in and you would you would ask one person to start off um so you know if the issue was that fuel prices um were crippling a company that was um, a delivery company um you would start off by um saying well you know, and, and it really goes back to the old adage of no idea is a bad idea at the beginning. Um, nobody should be a filter. Um, all the ideas come. So one idea might be um, we need to look at investing more in um, in uh, battery powered cars. So we're not you know, or, or delivery vehicles. And I realize there's an issue there because big lorries are too big and heavy you know, for the current technology for a battery to drive them very far at all. But then someone might say, yes, what I like about that idea is um, it would uh, reduce our resilience on fuel. And then they would come up with something else to add to it. So their and might be, and I realise that bigger lorries won't be powered by batteries for a while. Why don't we reduce the weight of our lorries so that we can, you know, introduce battery power um, for them. And, and this, this, um, this has two things. It gets people to think in a different way. And it also builds on every person's idea. So rather than perhaps, you know, in a normal brainstorming environment, you say, well, that's silly. We, we can't do that one. The yes and game means that you pick something from the first idea and build on it. And that can be a really powerful tool to use in a team. Yes, and <laughs> I think I think I can see where that that would work quite well with with um, conflict. And and sometimes within a within a team environment, conflict isn't an outright kind of uh, kind of ex, ex, an outright show of emotion. It, it can sometimes be. Kind of low level frustration or passive aggression or just here um and so it's it's just under the surface and not quite enough for any for a leader to pick up and and challenge but kind of that yes and um invites that i want to say curiosity mm -hmm. uh that that opportunity to really explore what the other person's saying or what that idea actually is rather than bring all of the power dynamics and all the biases and all the oh, here goes Doris again <laughs> um to the table uh, that's a that's a great example um and I think it can it can probably be used within a within a kind of interpersonal relationship whether that be a family or a partnership yeah um yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, I've seen it used actually, Claire, in, in family dynamics, and it, it's a really interesting one. I mean, it, it takes a bit of practice, and I think, you know, I, 
I think a lot of people, you know, going back to your subject of, of you know, the world not being such a great place at the moment, I think, you know, throughout human history, we've, we've always had conflicts, we've always had um, problems to deal with. And I think what, what people tend to want now, and I'm sure it's the age we live in, is a quick fix or a hack. Um, I don't like I, either of those terms now. You know, I, I, I'll be honest, of course, you know, if I see something on social media which says, you know, in, improve your mood in seven days with these three quick hacks, then, um, you know, of course, that often draws people to look at them. But I think, I think exploring much deeper, um, and I'm not even talking about, you know, what's happened in a person's past, um, I'm not saying that doesn't matter, but in the majority of my coaching engagements, um, we we look forward. And um, of course, I can help people with an acceptance of things that have, that have happened in the past. And, you know, we all know in our head, Claire, that we can do nothing about yesterday or months or years ago, but some of the things that happened still bother us. And... To me, that's another really interesting um, subject to discuss with clients. So, you know, it, it, again, it goes back to, um, you know, your your past, and I say this to my clients, your past doesn't need to define you, but it can if you let it. Yeah. And, um, and similarly, it can if you don't resolve it. I know from personal experience, uh, when when I experienced burnout, uh, kind of some of the emotional burdens that were coming through were emotions and reactions from a decade before, kind of completely different life event that I just, you know, put under and <laughs> locked away. It's all fine, it's all fine, keep going, keep going. And all of a sudden it, it came through, almost like a kind mm. of grief response that just just hit me with a double whammy. It was, um, and, and, yeah, you know, kind of that was at a time when I wasn't resilient. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, for yeah sure. That's a really interesting point as well, Claire, because, you know, I, I think I think it helps me and certainly my clients when we talk about this, that your reality is completely different from mine because we as humans create our own reality. And there's more than 7 billion of us on the planet now. And it always amazes me that, you know, every person will think differently about the situation that they're in or the things that have happened to them or what they have to look forward to. And, and, and I think looking at and realizing that you do pretty much create your reality. Um, I mean, I know we're lucky many of us to you know to have a roof over our head and food and and you know e enough money to do what we want to do with and, and 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 that almost then makes space or should make space for um developing and creating and looking more into ourselves and and i truly believe that that is is a great role for coaches and and other professionals going forward is to get people to look at their reality differently if they want to more positively if they want to um and and it's just a fascinating um subject when when that is talked about because you know you i think 
somebody said once you should never judge what somebody else looks like on the outside because you don't know how they feel on the inside and I think that is a really true statement and when we talk about mental resilience um you know empathy is is a really important um part and emotional intelligence is 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 going to be and should be really important for everybody to to, to maybe not to learn but at least to be aware of yeah 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 and um, so they can you know challenge those defaults so they can create a, a better default future i think you said yeah yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe um, we use a word from the podcast, an exponential future. Like, <laughs> I believe that's possible for most people. You know, it, oh. it's possible for everybody who wants it. And I think it's realising that you want it. And almost the, um, the detail of getting there is less important. It's the realisation that you want something different. Yeah, that's fantastic. So listen, um, how can people get in touch with you? Um, I'm quite unusual as a coach. I don't have a website. Um, I will let you know, Claire, my email address. And I do actually have a small profile on a coaching platform, which again, I'll, I'll add that link um, to you. I, I think I'm unusual as well, perhaps in my coaching business. Um, I, I love social media. Um, I, I don't offer and um, advertise or get any clients through social media. I really believe that building um, a coaching business is done one conversation at a time. And I love conversations with people. Um, you just know, you hardly ever know where it will lead. Um, I've been surprised by some of my own assumptions with coaching thinking you know initially maybe this person won't work with me or um, uh, I'm not sure whether they're seeing things um, you know in a in a sufficiently different way but um, working with them is just brilliant so uh, yes I'm a, a referral and invite only coach and if anybody has seen this and would like a conversation I'm sure you'll be kind enough to put the contact details We'll certainly put the contact details um, in the in the links uh, below. So, so John, thank you for your time today. It's it's been um, you've you've always brought a calm, solution focused energy to the room. It's uh, you hold it's it's a it's a real gift that you hold the space for for good conversation to flow. Um, but it always feeds towards a future and a positive future and you know kind of builds up momentum but not in a giddy way not in a in a fake way it's 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 really quite moving so so thank you so much for your time today and for everyone tuning into the podcast today there's some real nuggets um, in what we've covered today that you do have um, so much more control than you think in in terms of that future uh the idea of the saboteurs you know that's how we met really exploring saboteurs and I think there's a lot um to unpack in that you could probably fill days worth of conversation around some of those saboteurs um but but you're right uh, understanding and seeing those saboteurs 
and understanding those tendencies means that you can spot them and start intersecting quite quickly yeah. um so I, I love that you thought that through um and and also you know one of the really key elements of mental resilience is a is around owning your thoughts and kind of owning where you are and then once you own that and you, you realize that you have the power to um shift negatively or positively it's it's so it is truly empowering it truly lifts you and it can change um your day-to-day -day and and that can certainly build up to an exponential future yeah. so john thank you so much thank you claire lovely to be on thank you for listening we'd love to hear your comments and feedback and if you've enjoyed it please click on that subscribe button give us a thumbs up and feel free to share. Join us for our next episode of the Exponential Potential podcast. Ignite your potential and thrive in times of great change.